Welcome to another week's edition of Good Band, Bad Band, where we talk about two musical artists whose names sound similar, but the music is very different. This week, we're talking about Cold Guar Kids. I am Jared. I'm Dax. Caleb. This is Tyler. And this week we're uh, talking about two groups that sound nothing alike. We're going to start with Cold War Qu- Kids. Cold War Quids? <laughs> Quiludes. No. Quiludes. Quiludes. Cold War Quiludes. We're going to do a bunch of Quiludes and we're going to talk about Cold, Cold War. War Kids. Get ready while we slobber all over ourselves. You can't even get them anymore. You can't even get them. I know. I've watched Wolf of Wall Street. You can't even get them. Oh, boy. That's Lemons. how I know. Mm-hmm. Not that Lemons, I tell you. Not because mm-hmm. I've attempted to get them, because I watched a movie. It's... Uh, <laughs> that's right. That was cocaine, Jared. Fugazi, Fugazi, take a drink. I hate when you say that, and I hate you for saying it again. <laughs> so, uh, Cold War kids are from uh, California. Yeah. They are, uh, they've been around a long time. Quite they, a bit longer than I expected, yeah, really. Yeah, what, 97? Yeah. They have two original members right now. Uh, the lead singer, Will, I believe is his name, something, Will something. And uh, he's been around from the get-go. They... They are interesting. I've known about them since like 06, 07 with their debut album. They were on uh, probably Fuse or VH1 or something like that. Yeah, I with, can't remember for sure where we... Because I think that our introduction was definitely Hang Me Up to Dry. Yeah, that and Hospital Beds. Mm-hmm. Um, what uh, Tyler, what was your same same deal maybe mm-hmm. with them? Yeah, Hang Me Up to Dry. Hang you, Me Up to Dry and We Used to Vacation... Well. You liked them, right? Back I like, in the day. Yeah, I like that album. I still like that album. Yeah. And the reviews, the critical reviews, I think I think reflect my feelings on it. Oh, really? There's one instance where Pitchfork can suck a big one. I was oh. just going to I was going to say that they had a whole thing about how Pitchfork yeah. decided that they needed to to make a big old stink on them. Yeah, and, and then people criticized the their critique of it by telling them basically to stop being such pretentious assholes, which I'm fine with that. Truly. Yeah. I mean, they basically were saying, like, you're just trying to be negative on purpose right. for the sake of having an article to write about because your negativity is apparently more interesting than just talking about what you enjoyed about Cold War Kids. Yep. Which is basically what we do here on this show. I, yeah. The negative part or... The- we just say as many negative things as Come we can. On, the negative is so true. Don't. That's very true. That's because uh, you choose stupid stuff. Yes, <laughs> like true. if you didn't choose or say stupid things for an entire episode, indeed, you would hear no negativity towards those types of things. That's from true. Me. So the early albums, from what I had read, like in reviews, they were basically saying this band could be the next big thing yeah right and um then the next like that was the debut album then the second album they're like okay they're on the cusp of being the next big thing and then they've released like seven albums total yeah and they're not they're not that no very far from it really they're not they're very irrelevant they're really not even like like on the cusp at all no it's because it's past now right right but here's kind of what i was thinking this week with it is that okay so they have changed um their sound a little bit and they've kind of matured with the new stuff and 
they basically said we don't think of songs as like what's the radio hit what's the next big song like they just we they like to write songs they spend a lot of time writing songs they love writing their songs and they like to tour a lot but they don't focus on like commercialization of the music so like i kind of uh thought of them a little bit like kings of leon Oh, don't even let's where okay. Kings of Leon were trying to be as commercial as possible, but they just kept fighting with each other. They had like documentary films, they had all this stuff. They were going to be the next big thing, and yeah. then Cold War Kids are kind of the same thing. Yeah, except that except like Cold War Kids were focused on the music. Yeah, but and they're like, I just want to make songs. Kings of Leon's commerciality came later, and then they did. Like the first three oh, albums, people don't really know. Yeah, and that's then true. they have only by the night, which sucks mm. bunches. Mm. And the rest of their discography sucks bunches because mm. it's the same garbage. Mm-hmm. And every time they're like, "It's going to be returned to," I say, "Yeah, but it is," and it never is. Uh-huh. Cold War Kids are kind of similar though, because I. It's funny that you we that they want to say that as they go on and they're mature and. We're not concerned about the radio hits because as they go on, the prom- the piano becomes more prominent, and to me, it just becomes more poppy and radio friendly. It does feel a little bit more radio friendly to me as well. So, and it's and they don't do like on the first album. There are some kind of like I don't know, like it sounds kind of weird. It seems like maybe their the meter is just a little bit different on some songs. Like even hanging out the dry has kind of a feel that's not necessarily like totally radio friendly right. in some ways, it, but they, they, it's just gone. Towards the later part of their discography, that type of like weirdness isn't there. It's all just kind of like, well, it's like a heavier blues rock. early on. Hmm. Yeah, like "Hang Me Up to Dry" has a pretty a pretty thick blues feel to it. Well, you know that piano and, part where it gets all weird in "Hang Me Up to Dry." Yeah, where it feels like he's just mashing his hands on the piano. Right. I like that. Yeah. Kind of part, but it, play but it. there's no. Yeah, I guess you could play if you want to. I think that that stuff's kind of fun. Yeah. yeah. But they don't, that's not there anymore later. Kind right. Of thing. Like, it's like they've, when they say we, when you, they've matured, they've lost off their sense of actually having fun. And now they're just making like radio piano songs. They're just like slowly morphing into Elton John mm. in a way I don't like at all. I see them more as like a, um, I think the best way I could think of it is like a even less interesting Black Keys. Oh, yeah. oh that's a good Yeah. yeah. With That's more piano. Which I find Black Keys not even like super interesting to begin with. The earlier stuff is better. Black Keys? Yeah. Yeah, there's some good stuff. Like Rubber Factory is a pretty good album. Sure. What's uh but, what's the really popular one? El the- Camino is a bit really popular, yeah. Black Keys. Brothers was fairly popular, Brothers but I think El Camino think, yeah. blew up more because it's yeah. got those songs that they use on commercials. But Brothers was like the beginning of moving towards that sound, yeah. a lot. Of, it, they're really pretty similar albums. They're not very different, right? But yeah, I, that's. I mean, that's kind of when I was listening to them. That's kind of how I quantified what I was listening to. Mm-hmm. I was like, I get a similar feeling to like a Black Keys from this. And really, what's unfortunate for them is that Robbers and Cowards came out in like 2007, which is really kind of right around that same point. Mm-hmm. And it's almost hard to imagine like a black keys and them coexisting in a radio friendly manner. Like yeah. a listener might be like, well, I'm already getting this from somebody else. So why listen to you? What makes you different? Not to say that they're obviously like, you know, perfectly symmetrical in terms of how they sound, but like 
they I feel like listeners are usually only kind of interested in hearing um something that they find interesting from one specific place. They don't really want to branch out and say, hey, this kind of sounds like this and this kind of sounds like this and this kind of sounds like this. So I like all of this. It's more like, well, I already like this. So why, why branch out? Sure. Yeah. I don't know. I I can get that. I like, I don't know. I like both of them though. For me, I like both black keys and that for, I like the first album. I'm, I think I'm going to start with that. I don't really like the rest of them that much. Mm. They didn't do, it just, they didn't do the same. Well, and there's nothing wrong with not doing the same, but they didn't even like, have you listened, have you listened to like the full albums or are you, is it more like gauged by specific songs from set? I've albums? listened to most of the remaining albums, like most of the next few. I know I don't, let me get, to, let me just go to the discography here. Okay. Let's get to it. Jared, you got something to say in the meantime? I can. Uh, so, I have listened to them. The last thing I really like, kind of got into of them was the lead single of uh, "Dear Miss Lonely Hearts," the song "Miracle Mile." I like that song a lot. Like I like singles from a lot of stuff. I enjoy uh, a lot of songs from "Mine Is Yours," their second album. Uh, "Broken Open" is a really good song. "Mine Is Yours" is a good song, and then the song "Audience of One," which is uh, off of an EP, "Behave Yourself," which was like. He, uh, happier songs basically from that um, recording session and so like I know their stuff from like seven years ago and then haven't really kept up with them since then so right. like my I don't really know that much current thing uh, I I I guess I kind of listened to that song Love is Mystical from their new the LA Divine which came out like last year two yeah. years ago or something 2017, like that. 2017 and the song yeah. so tied up with uh, Bishop Briggs that's another song we listened to but like they had a new album that came out like last year yep. and then they have another album coming out that's like I think B-sides from that album that's coming yeah. out later this month but it does not matter to me that it's great. Right. Right. Yeah, I, so I'm looking at now the discography. So I like Roberts and Cowards as mentioned. The next one, loyalty to loyalty, is our second, mm-hmm. which I thought that was okay. It didn't. It's not. It didn't. I didn't like it as much. I thought it was okay. Mine is yours. Is starting to stray for me. I like. For instance, we listened to what did we listen to off of there this week? Broken open. Yeah. and mine is yours. Yeah, broken open's a pretty all right. I mean, it's okay. Those mm-hmm. songs are. I don't think that those are like bad. But I didn't. I'm not seeking. I own robbers and cowards. Mm-hmm. I own it on vinyl. I like that album. I do not own any of the other ones, and I don't care to own the other ones. You know what I mean? Like sure. there are songs I like. I mean, even I'll admit I even like. I even like uh, first is okay. It's an okay song. It's not like anything special, but it reminds me a little bit of some of their older stuff because the lyrical delivery is similar to some stuff on robbers and cowards. Sure. And it's just an. I mean, it's a fine song. It's not. You know, there's but there's nothing special about it. It's almost like I mean, it's more of a pop song than a lot than some of the earlier stuff. But yeah. that's okay. Like I don't, I can now appreciate pop in a way where I can enjoy pop songs and not feel angry at myself. So that's I've good. grown. I've grown up. I'm 29 years old. I can do it now. Speaking of that song, I thought it sounded like something else. All right. And it took me a while to figure it out, uh, but I think it sounds like uh, uh, the funeral by Band of Horses. Now make it a little more depressing. What do you think? 
It's pretty close, man. Thoughts? I get I get hints of it. It took me days to figure out what that reminded me of. I love the idea that you spend like that much time thinking about like just the beginning of one song. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Like, well, because when you hear the beginning of the very the very first like popular song from them, and you get hung up on the first like fifteen seconds, and that's the rest of your week. You know, you stuck know, in my head. You notice he cut down the volume before the lyrics started on the on the first song because he knows as soon as the lyrics come in, it's just ruined. You can't. It's just gone at that point because <laughs> the lyrical delivery is dramatically different between no, those right. two, of course. It's uh, their their current and previous connection to Modest Mouse, I think, is somewhat interesting. I yes. would agree. Um, Joe Plummer is the drummer as of now, since 2013. Catchy. Yep. Drummer for Modest Mouse for a time period. And then also uh, Dan Gallucci, guitar and keyboards for four years between 2012 and 2016, who is, like, I know him from Modest Mouse because he performed on singles recordings that became the album Sad Sappy Sucker, which I really love that album. It's not an official discography release. It's a collection of uh, singles, B-sides, various things like that, but I really enjoy it. So for me, that's kind of cool still. A lot of people probably wouldn't be like, oh, yeah, when, what album is going to Modest Mouse? You go, um, it's not worth talking to you about probably, I guess. Right. But uh, I don't know. That's kind of interesting. But what's weird is that it's the later portion, really, of their career kind of. Um, and it's not associated with any music I really like if there's that much. So I'm like, what is like, I don't know what's happening here, but it's not really like there would have been a really good connection. Yeah. Like maybe something interesting could have happened or like, but it's just, it seems just like, that's what I wonder too. Cause both, both the members of Modest Mouse that are in or were in are from the Pacific Northwest, which is where Modest Mouse is from Issaquah, just outside Seattle and Tacoma area. And then this band is a count. You know, I'm questionable of California bands to begin with, and they're from California. Yeah. And I'm like, how did you get these Pacific Northwest people? They're just like, we'll just float on down to California and play in this band now, and then not really do anything spectacular while being there, hmm. kind of thing. I don't know. Thoughts? Everybody needs a hobby. I guess. I guess if Isaac boots you, you got to do something. I don't know if they got booted or not. I don't know the story of it. I uh, I was reading a a quote from the lead singer Nathan Willett. When he was talking to Filter Magazine in 2010, talking about their third album. And he said, uh, I was just watching the Wilco documentary again. And I think that in many ways, Wilco is to country slash Americana as Cold War Kids is to soul slash punk. Oh, don't say, oh, don't say <laughs> something like that. Yeah. I don't think, why would you even think you can talk about your own band in I those was, terms? I found that we've we've really run into this on many of our episodes, is this weird idea that bands feel like they need to heighten how like important they are, that they're like, yeah, we really did a lot for soul and punk music. And it's like, oh if no one God. else is doing it, like, I guess that's true. That's not punk. Soul? That's stupid. Soul is also stupid, but in yeah. a totally different like punk is stupid in a white person way. Soul is stupid <laughs> in like you I you should probably shut up because you're a white person from California. You should never open your mouth again. Yeah. yeah. I find that sad because I watched an interview they did with him around the time of Robbers and Cowards. Because I was really interested in the song uh, We Used to Vacation and I wondered because the lyrics seem fairly personal because it's about being an alcoholic and basically being a like a totally terrible family person, like a bad dad and a bad husband and everything mm-hmm. and trying to uh, act, like make continually make amends 
and do something about it. And I wondered if it was, if that, if like, it's weird to write a song that seems that has all of those kind of elements and not you yourself or someone in the band have that type of a story. Mm-hmm. So I watched an interview where I was trying to find out where he, if you know, that was something that he struggled with. And I think he did probably struggle with alcoholism a little bit, if I remember correctly, because this has been a while back. Uh, but it wasn't something that was like directly related to, yeah, my, I have a wife and I have children and it's, and it turns out I sucked a bunch. It was more mm-hmm. just like, yeah, this is a kind of thing. And so I kind of drew it out, but he didn't seem at the time like he would say something as stupid as what you just said. He said, so I'm pretty disappointed <laughs> I knew to hear that eventually it hurts the, to hear it for the sure. name of the band came from Matt Mouse, a member of the group. He was in uh, Eastern Europe in a park in Budapest. Uh, in 1997, and he saw, uh, and he said, being in that environment just made the phrase Cold War Kids pop into my head. I may have heard it before. I'm a Cold War kid, too. I was born in 1979. Wow. But yeah, that the name had been floating. The band was uh, created in 2004, and the name had been floating around in his head since 1997. So right. he just needed to find people to do something with to create this thing uh i did find an interesting uh there's two interesting singles that i found that i put later in the playlist i'm not sure if i have an anybody single as well was able to uh listen to them. in 2014 cold war kids collaborated with belgian brewer stella artois is yep. that how you say it mm-hmm. and uh sonic inventor which i don't think it's the, the hedgehog uh andy no. cavatorta for a project titled chalice symphony and uh, in the song, they used uh, the Brewer's famous drinking glasses as instruments for the band to use to record the track A Million Eyes. I put that in the playlist. If you want to listen to a little bit of A Million Eyes, you can hear some chalices. certainly very different from their usual sound yeah why couldn't you be more interesting you know for the past 10 years <laughs> damn it you suck uh caleb what's your what's song of the day did you find did you uh are you guys familiar with the song saint john yeah that's i like that song quite a bit do you yeah did you know there's an alternative version I of that not, song i did not know that. there's an alternative uh version of that song and it features a, a good band bad band alumni i cool. will play it for you now It's a very real place. It's a very real place. Supper time in the hole. May have been uh, too subtle to notice who that was. Uh-huh. It was most deaf. Oh, most really? Deaf. Yeah. Oh my! I was afraid it was going to be a super cat situation. <laughs> no, it was it was old most deaf involved in a Cold War Kids song. Well, there you yeah. go. That's cool. Is that it was, a remix or are they actually a part of it? So that was I. It, I couldn't really find a lot of information on where that came from. Like, it's not on Spotify. No, it's not on iTunes. Hmm. It came out in like 2016, which was yeah. nine years after the release of that album. 
Hmm. So I'm not really sure where Maybe a sample, perhaps? that version came from. I, hmm. I, I really don't know. Hmm. Weird. Weird. Um, Weird. The only other, the other thing that I found uh, during uh, the 2016, maybe, uh, yes. election cycle, there was a thing called 30 Days, 50 Songs, a project. 30, 30 songs. 30 songs, yeah. Well, it says 50 here when I copied. Oh, my God. Yeah. Um, it's a protest of Mr. Donald Trump's presidential run. Had various uh, groups do anti. Uh, Tim Heidecker did one. And he did a whole album. Def Cab for Cutie yeah. did one, and a bunch of other people. And uh, Cold War Kids released a single called Locker Room Talk as part of this protest. And the band stated, uh, at this point in the game, taking a shot at Trump almost feels unnecessary. Too easy. More negativity. We're all so tired of him. But when I heard Death Cab's song, I realized that's a mistake. It's important to state the obvious, to express those feelings in a song, even if it's maybe redundant. It feels great to let it all out. That's what they said. Hmm. So you want to play some locker room talk? Let's do it. Yeah, it's pretty good. I like his voice. Mm-hmm. I don't know what you how you all feel. I like it. It's good. Yeah. I dig the sound of it. It really does a lot for soul and punk music. <laughs> yeah, most definitely. Uh, most deaf. Most deaf. Uh, yeah. uh, I, I do I did really enjoy the thirty days thirty songs thing that yeah. happened. Yeah. It unfortunately didn't do a lot, but no, didn't Bright no, Eyes have did, no Probably. Bright Eyes did hit hit uh George W. Bush. Yeah. When the president yeah, talks so to did, God cover. So do those those Dixie Chicks. Yeah, they're oh, the Chicks boy. now. I was going to say. Yeah, Is that the what they're called now? Yep. Yeah, they changed their name to the Chicks oh, because nice. they don't they don't want to associate with old Dixie. Yeah, Dixie. Because of wind. Well, how will anyone know what type of music they are? Mm. I'm a little bit of offended that they kept Chicks on there. You shouldn't be calling women those things. Oh. What do you want their name to be? <laughs> the Broads. The I Hicks. want their names to be this. I want them the to be. The Respectful Lady. The Respectful, left leaning, but pandering through their music to, for some reason, a right audience women. They could just oh. change their name to F U T K. Oh, that's good. There you go. That's re- <laughs> I'd love that. <laughs> oh, fuck you, Toby Keith. <laughs> Whoa. Every day. Every Whoa. day. I like that. I like that. I got one more boop a doop a doop. Are you sure go. you have just one more? Because I'm looking on here, and I it have, seems you have multiple. I have one more. Okay, yeah, just one more. Uh, if you want to play uh, Royal Blue from Cold War Kids. Oh, well, I guess I've always been a bit of a fighter. From now on. All right, uh, go to Some Nights by Fun. But I still wake up, I still see your dust. Oh, Lord, I'm still not sure what I stand for. Oh, what do I stand for? What do I stand for? Most nights I don't know anymore. 
it's subtle, but it's the same vibe. Right. Hey, Dax. Yeah. Are you having a hard time drinking that? What? That that drink. Are you having a hard time drinking it? Why? Oh, I just seemed like you were grasping at straws for it. Oh, oh, boy. It's the same vibe. Oh, it's the exact boy. same vibe. I hate, I hate uh-huh. what you just did. Remember that band, that, that, that song you just played, they were a band. Remember that one time? And remember they were a thing? Yeah, they, they were around for yeah. a minute. Yeah. They're, they're an interesting group there. Uh, they used to be called The Format. They were great. Uh-huh. One of my favorite groups of that time period, around 2006-ish uh-huh. area. Actually, they started around 2004-ish. And then they uh, they disbanded. And then they later became Nate Roos became Fun, yeah. And then uh, Jack Antonoff, yeah, was in Fun as well, and he broke broke off and was Bleachers, and now works with Taylor Swift. True, all yep. these things are true. Oh boy, boy, sorry about that. Fun, fun little, fun little thing about Fun. Yeah, uh, they they ended up uh, having a concert at Ball State when I was. They there. did. I remember that. It was like they signed them on to do the concert before they blew up, and so they were like, "Well, I guess we got to do this." Yeah. college it concert. was very close though it was, it was very, very close. close like so that stuff was out but it wasn't big yet so remember right. that album they released called some nights that that song was on yes remember that album they released after that uh yeah i don't remember what it's called though you don't because that was the last album they released they only released one some basically. nights yeah yeah that's why i was well no like, they had read they their, their debut album is oh, ready oh, and fire yes. i like that aim album ig- a lot aim and ignite oh aim it yeah, yeah aim and ignite that's a great um, album right there but that but some nights was in 2012 yeah. Uh, which would have been. I think it's unfortunate, and we need to get back to what we were talking about. I didn't get to finish my really. Oh yeah, he you didn't guys finish cut his me thing. Off before what I happened? What a story. Uh, oh, sorry. True. Let me. Ju- I just wanted to clarify that uh, I remember when that happened, and uh, it, it was after that had come out, before it had gotten large. Yes. I went to the concert, and uh, I I got interviewed by somebody. Uh, and I was put on the front page of the paper. Oh, good. Because what I was paper? at a Which fun paper concert. Was it? I think it was just the Muncie paper. The Star, the Muncie Star Press. Yeah. Oh, boy. Did you have fun? I did. <laughs> I did. I almost was it went good? to that. Do you like them? Very, very the concert. Close. Yeah. Do you like? Yeah, it was a good concert. Do you like them though? I think they didn't. Have, I think Jack's Mannequin opened for them. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. So that's I saw Jack's group. Mannequin and fun. Do you like them? Why do you ask that? Because I've tussled with it whether I really do or not. And I don't really know if I really like them or not. I like them before they were like a big pop band, but I love him so much. Yeah. I love Nate Roos. I love him in the format. I love him in fun. I thought his debut album was all right. Not great. He did some stuff with Pink. Once he became as pop as he did, where like the format, they have a song called The Fist, uh, the First Single, You Know Me. And it's basically like, we're not going to just write a pop song for you like a radio hit we're not just going to do that so here's your first single like that was kind of how they got their whole basis and then they kind of he was that and then he became like this pop guy that is just writing songs for pop people becoming poppy and it just is unfortunate that he went from anti-radio mm-hmm. to put me on the radio please yeah. i'm poppy Okay, we're really on. So a, we can move. On a long train. Yeah, yeah we, we can move on. I just that. was wondering if you like. You know, it or not, you know but... that you uh, you are done talking about Cold War kids when you spend a, a couple minutes talking about fun. That's yeah. because he he went there. I see you okay. put a uh, tax man, uh, the okay. Beatles song in there. That's kind of cool. I'm yeah, that was that a before uh, we, before a I'm night done. to celebrate George Harrison from George Fest. Also, uh, Brandon Flowers is on that. Oh, they did uh, handle me with care and uh, Weird Al's on that album. Uh, who, ah. He is actually going to come up later on. Weird Al. Of course he will. And uh, then I also enjoy their cover of No One that was a Spotify session. I saw Cold War Kids once live, and that's um, 
They were good. They played older stuff, and I was happy. It was in 2015, and I was happy about that. And the other wrestler stuff was that they played was totally fine. Our uh, uh, friend of the show, John, he has seen Cold War Kids, and he uh, told me that he really liked them. He said they, they put on like a really long show, like they played for a really long time, and he really enjoyed yeah. it. So if, if you guys want to take John's advice, go see Cold War Kids yeah, and Tyler. Fine. I believe I saw War on Drugs after them. And oh, I like yeah, co- you would like that. No, I like Cold War Kids more. I don't like really? War on Drugs. Oh. War on Dr- I don't like War on Drugs very much. It's just all strung out. I'm sick of hearing your reverb, bud. I don't want to hear your reverb and delay anymore. I'm oh, sick of it. My. And then you get little... I also don't like you any... like reverb and delay. Yeah, but not in the way they do it. I don't <laughs> like... And I don't like when they sing like Muse. I hate Muse. Singing. I heard you're not a very good delay. No. Get it? Do you get it? Yeah, it's a good joke. Jerry. Pretty bad. Is it? No, it's not. But <laughs> no. let's just congratulate him so we don't have to talk about it. We can move on to Guar. Let's, yeah, let's do that. Guar. Can I really quickly no. make a connection between a very, very recent good band, bad band? Yes, you may. Okay, fine. Guar battled the Aquabats. Yeah, at a at a parade, a ska parade. A yeah. ska parade. Well, did we briefly mention that in the we last did. episode? We uh, did. Because Not I, even knowing that we were going to talk about Guar the next week. Incredibly, incredibly... I, I would... I would trade many things to go back in time to be there. I know, right? <laughs> yeah, it would be freaking awesome. I, so I love sweet. that that hero villain dynamic too. The Aquabats yeah, are the perfect amazing. heroes to Guar's villains. It's true. Yeah. All right, so but how is do... Guar really a villain? Are they really villainous? No. Just because they're, they're foreign to us, yeah, dude. They're super na- super. They do want to their... kill us. They're mur- well, yeah, they, they're, they, they like murderous. War. Yeah, okay, a little bit, but maybe that's just our perception of them. We don't know any other alien metal bands. That's they're true. the only one we know. That's fair. All right, who? Yeah, How well do you know their lore? Do we know it well enough to to spout it? Or are we just apparently Jared? Jared, you know it. It seems. Did yeah. you watch the movie and read the comic books? And I did a, a a decent amount of research, but I didn't get into the full lore of of the band. That's right. Yeah. What planet are they from? They're from different planets, right? Yeah. Yeah. They're all from different planets. They were frozen in Antarctica, I believe, and then they uh, were uh, thawed thawed out. And uh, saw that that they could uh, have sex with us uh, humans and kill us and thank God for it and yes. uh, take over the planet uh, quickly. <laughs> um, okay, so this is difficult because we have like two things, two histories we can discuss: the fictional history of the group Guar. Um, excuse, excuse me. And then the that real. They formed in the eighties and they're humans. Yeah, that's the fiction part of it. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Okay. Um, and then the the lore of the group it is incredibly weird and both of them are very cool both stories are really cool. yeah so I'll I'll give the real life uh, fictional if you will yes they were the end result of two separate projects um, Dave Brocky the human uh, singer uh, he uses the guar God God not God. <laughs> okay, so uh, 
Odorous, the lead singer, uses Dave Brocky as a butt boy. Yeah. And uh, so Dave Brocky, he was in the group Death Piggy. And uh, other uh, people that were in the group um, were doing films. They were all holed up in uh, a bottling plant called the Richmond Dairy in Richmond, Virginia. And it was all these hippies and art people that were all in this building, the Richmond Dairy. And they were doing all these different projects, music, film, art, everything. And so they all just got, like, some of them got together. And somebody wanted to create a, a horror film, basically, with these characters. And so they just made, Guar was supposed to be in the film, but then they made the film about the band and then the band became the characters from the film it the whole thing is so intricate and weird there's a lot going on can you can you please pronounce what uh their name originates from no it's too much there's and then they shorten it to just Just yeah and people were like is that an acronym or like have you ever heard of what we used to be do you think that was an acronym yeah (laughs) there you go you know, Richmond is still their home. They still have home base in Richmond there. Yeah. the um, One of the members, uh, what was his name? Hold on. Um, let me find it real quickly. Was it Casey Orr? No, that's interesting, though. Huh? How about that? Somebody you know? Yeah. No. Are you related to that? Oh, you don't want to brag about your relation to someone in Guar, but you brag about your relation to someone no one cares about outside of Guar? I don't Michael, know anything about Guar. Michael Bishop, who uh, has played or is... Um, Blothar. Blothar the Berserker. Yeah. Uh, he was also played uh, other characters in Guar. He's kind of switched back and forth. He actually did a TED talk talking about the um, like the start of Guar the band and the mythos of the stuff and kind of how they were their shock rock. Their shock rock band and how they were accused of um they talk about a lot of that bad things killing rape pillaging but it's yes. a fictional group yeah it's also it's from science it's from a science it's a, science fiction standpoint yes it's not real and they were accused of these things and he was like how has a a, a fictional band guar has never done any of these things that's what he's saying like he've they've never heard any people it's all uh story songs right and, uh, Unless you see them live, because they've hurt many a politician and many true. a celebrity. Every yeah. well, every yeah. every president since Ronald Reagan, correct, <laughs> has been <laughs> killed by Guar, the Pope, uh, all of these other people. If I uh, remember, I think I read Whoopi Goldberg was one. I, I would hope so. Yeah. I would hope so. What do you mean? What does she do? Obviously. Whoopi's popularity in the mid to late nineties made her a prime target for Guar to take out. That's fair. Wasn't she in Theodore Rex? She was in. <laughs> I could be wrong, so let's not spend too much time on Whoopi. Let's yeah. spend more time on the amount of times they've killed Donald Trump. Yeah, who, a lot, who a lot killed of times. Donald Trump better? Cold War kids with their 30, 30 <laughs> It's Guar, Guar, or physically maiming him are on you stage. A, are you a Boham? Okay, a Boham. Are you, are you a Boham? I'm not a Guar, a Guar, a Guardian, if you will. Is that what they call their? No, what Bohams. do they call their? Uh, a Boham. They call their fans something else. Yeah. I can't remember what. Is then they what have a song entitled "The Ultimate Boham," which, which, uh, pretty accurately, it it uh, details a Boham. He proudly sports his rare Guar hoodie. When he puts it on, it gives him such a woody. 
Zits guard and unpopular, he's at the show alone, running his mouth to one, to no one at all. Later, he cries bitter tears. I mean, that's, it's, uh, you know, it goes on. That's what, that's what we got here. That's, uh, Aguar, Aguar, Aguardar, Aguar, Aguardi, Guardian. 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 Guardian of the Galaxy. I was just going to say that I hate Because so he, uh, you know, they have a, a couple of events open to Bohabs. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Guarbecue. Did yep. you see these things? Oh, the Guarbecue? Since 2009. Yeah, in, in Richmond, Virginia, in the Guarbecue. It's a, their festival. When uh, Dave Brocky died in uh, 2014, I believe, uh, they gave him a Viking funeral. And they burnt, really on a pike and everything. Huh? They burnt his stage uh, costume. Costume. Oh, that's cool for the Viking funeral Dang. at at barbecue. At the barbecue. Oh man, what, oh, why wow. are we missing all the best guar moments? I know we've missed all of them. What? I would much rather go to a barbecue than the uh, the Juggalo thing. Oh, they've been no there doubt. too. No, no. I know they have. Guar's been to the gathering of the Juggalos. Yep. They've been all kinds of. They've did uh, the AV Club. Uh, uh, under what's covered? What is that thing called? You know what I'm talking about? Uh, Something undercover. Uh, yeah, the thing where they're in the room and they got to do the cover. Yep. Yeah. yeah. What? What did they cover? Kansas. Right. They've covered three yeah. songs. They did West End Girls, um, which was when they had the female lead singer. West yep. End Girls by Pet Shop Boys, and they also incorporated the song People Who Died to because they've had like a few different members die over the period, sure. and they were doing a tribute to them. They did Carry On My Wayward Son, yeah, as that, you mentioned, yeah. and they did She Bop. By uh, Cindy Lauper oh, and also incorporated um, Baba O'Reilly mm. by The Who. Nice. Didn't they also do ACDC in uh, Boston? They did. There is, they else? did do an ACD. They did cover If You Want Blood. Yeah, that's for an album, though. Yes, oh, not okay. for that, but yeah. So they did I, cover that song. I have seen Guar two times. I saw them in 2016 at Riot Fest in Chicago, and uh, that was pretty good. Uh, it was something I'd be wanting, been wanting to see for a very long time. And it was, it did not disappoint. They did everything you would want them to do. They threw blood on you. They threw water. They, they was did the cuttlefish of, of the Chitulu? Oh, yeah, it was there. The cuttlefish of the Chitulu oh, was yeah. there? Oh, yeah. Did you get pissed on? Oh, yeah. Phenomenal. <laughs> and then uh, a few years after that, after Dave Rocky had died, Caleb and I went and saw them at Warp Tour, and we were pretty much front row for it, very close. And we, got uh, we, drenched. we were drenched. Yeah, it was pretty great. And that was after. Uh, so they had the new lead singer at that point. Point uh, uh, was it Blothar or somebody? I don't remember. They all the names are so whatever. But uh, yeah, that was a good show to, too. We have to take our. Um, I, I'm I'm sure there has to be like an online quiz that says like which Guar member oh, are you? You know, yeah, like uh, like Five Finger Death Punch. Didn't we do that? <laughs> we tried to do that. Yeah, <laughs> we all ended up being the bald guy. Yeah, that's true. Uh, you know, I they I don't like that. I don't think that they're. People want to say they're shock rock. I just think they're a total the, the biggest nerd band that is could be existence. They're pretty nerdy. I think that's yeah. really what it is. Did you also know? This is what I'm excited for, and I will yes. be going there if it uh, at some point. Yeah, in Richmond, Virginia, as well in 2015. Uh, Mike Dirks and Travis Croxton, Richmond's Restaurant Tour of the Year mm-hmm. 2014, co-opened a guar bar. Oh my! Uh huh. It's a bar restaurant, an upscale dive bar restaurant. Base for it's all Guar. It's Guar. Guar even didn't they statement. just didn't they just open their um they their just opened their beer garden. beer garden because yeah, of everything of, that's going because on because of a certain uh, global not well at the moment not so global health issue mostly centered around one possibly possibly yeah. possibly brought on by Guar we possibly don't know. Yeah. it could have been but the the band's website. 
describes it as a fantasy land of food and beverage catering to everyone from local punk metal freaks, rock stars, businessmen, celebrity chefs, and starving artists. Wow. That's... And hopefully, uh, when you go in there, it's free range to beat up yuppies. That's all. That's oh, what I want that'd as well. be good. And thank God for it. Yeah. I love that. Did you guys see the story about uh, them not getting signed to the label? Yeah, because uh, the girl uh, that was with them had used a blood, um, what was that called? A, a, a blood, uh, I don't know what it's what, called. What did you call it, Tyler? What? The thing that... Like, like a not a blood packet, but right. what, like wrestlers use or whatever, uh, to uh, orchestrate menstruating. Yes. Oh, at, sure, at, yeah. At the audition. Like a capsule. Yeah, a capsule. Yes. Thank you. Yes. That's right, a blood capsule. Yes. That was their audition to yeah. be at this nice. record. It, they they were like, I mean, really, they sold themselves how they should have yeah. sold themselves. Yes. Like, if you can't if you can't sign us with our period blood, then you it's shouldn't true. sign us at all. Yeah, they have barbecue sauce. They have a board game which you should get. They have I should trading get cards, game. comic books, e liquids. They have all these things. They actually in 1992 uh, for um, they had a short film, which makes sense considering their start of. I'm, I'm surprised they don't have more films. Right. They actually were, were on a, di- a few different mo- um, movies. Yep. I've got uh, one I'm you thinking s- of. Um, what, what, what is that called? Go ahead and say I'm it. thinking of Empire Records. That's what I, yeah, that's what I read. They... There's another movie that has Ethan Hawke called Mystery Date that they were featured oh, really? in. I like uh, it in Empire Records because they're, it's funny because it's a it's a lesser version of High Fidelity. Let's be real. Yeah. It's not as good, but it's mm-hmm. it's okay. And they're a pe- they, <laughs> they terrorize... And via television into real world, the stoner character. Oh. And he, uh, do you remember? Have you seen it? Have I've you? never seen it. You've never it. seen no, it? Have you no. seen it? No. I okay, so there's a character who's, it's all about people who work at the record store, Chris. Mm-hmm. And it's a day, the day, it's about one day at this record store. And uh, it's a day where this famous pop artist is coming to sign things and whatever. And he's totally sucks, you know, but the, the more uh, shallow music musical people who work at the store are like oh and everyone's like it's this day it's the day that this guy comes don't forget and then you have a, a typical stoner character who uh is basically running amok and making messes and yelling uh out loud weird things from the stairway and he sits down in front of the tv and he's high and he and guar comes on and they start talking to him directly to him like mm-hmm. breaking the fourth wall situation and they're like telling him if he doesn't do something that they're gonna like something bad's gonna happen they're gonna do the, all this stuff to him and uh eventually they pop into real life if i remember correctly and becomes mm-hmm. a, a, a fiction into reality situation where he's like playing with them and various things it's pretty interesting huh. that is quite the thing yeah but anyways they had a, a long form video in 1992 called a phallus in wonderland that uh basically took what happened to them in September of 1990 into a film because in 1990 Dave Brocky was wearing his Cuttlefish of Cthulhu, yep. which is the Cuttlefish his, of Cthulhu, uh, a cod piece that he wears as his uh, penile region, and it sprays blood and other things yes, on the crowd, various liquids, and uh, he was arrested in Charlotte, North Carolina, for having this piece, and he received a one-year ban. Uh, from playing uh, in the state of North Carolina. Yeah. And they also, according to uh, Odorous, the lead singer of Guar, they took that piece uh, at the police station, so he had to get a new cuttlefish. Yeah, that's unfortunate. What do you think they did with it when they got it? I don't know. Uh, they stuck in the evidence room in a box, and they and they for- tried to forget it was ever there. Because mm-hmm. they're... 
They're utterly confused and unsure of how they severed it from his alien body. I would That's say they I had thinking. a pastor burn it. Oh. oh, maybe a priest and then it come just, in first. It squirt like various liquids yeah. as it was burning. Like you know, it's all exorcist. It's re- a cuttlefish is real. Mm-hmm. It's a real thing. It's a squid likey weird thingy. And then Cthulhu is a mythical being. Yes. So it's as if he stole this from you know they have uh-huh. already conquered the sea. Guar has. Yes. Yes. Clearly, and now they're they are here very on Lovecraftian, land. honestly. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. HP. Guar was in the news recently. Did you read about this? No, go ahead. There's a petition. It has uh, around 72,000 signatures at this time uh, to replace statues of Robert E. Lee with Odorous Arungus. Oh, yes. That's great. In Virginia. In Virginia? Yeah. Well, oh, why wouldn't you? During the the TED Talk with the, the Michael Bishop guy, he was talking kind of... He was basically kind of saying... Um, you know, like the the criticism of Guar is all these things that they've done fictionally in songs and, and things, but they are in what in Virginia they are on a death ground of the wars that were that happened there, and so he's like, you guys are criticizing a, a fictional band that talks about fictional things when we are on land that is full of death, right? You know, and so like he's he kind of is playing a why is this worse than this in reality? The reality of how the the racism that is invested or invested deeply in Virginia. Yep. You know. It, and yet this is what you choose to complain about. Yeah. Yeah. He he actually has a, a PhD in music uh, and and kind of a history of music and things like that too. The the TED Talk is very interesting. If if you could take away nothing else from this episode i would urge you to listen to his ted talk because he's not a great speaker uh he's very nervous he uses little cue cards when he's standing up there and he could you know he's whatever but it you learn a it's lot from it. was he out of costume oh yeah he's so, out of, but they did have some characters start the thing and they come out and they cut the head off and he's like oh all right go on guys and it was it was pretty nice. good it was pretty interesting um they're they just... they have been on some interesting things. They were on the Joan River show, mm. which was pretty great. Uh, Dax and I watched that. They were on Jerry Springer in the in yeah. the nineties. <laughs> yeah, uh, talking about uh, shock rock and and kind of like and I'm sure Gigi Allen was around there too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, Except they... he he doesn't use uh, fake liquids. He uses no. Uh, he yeah, uses he does. yeah. They're produced by his body. Um, Odorous was on a television show. Uh, made by Adam Green, who is a, a film director that I like. He's done um, some horror films. Um, uh, what is it called? Hatchet? The Hatchet films? You know that, Kill? I think so. Uh, With Danny Trejo? No, that's... That's Machete. That's right. Machete. 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 But uh, it's, it's, called, machete. it's called Holliston. Uh, it was on the Fearnet uh, television uh, channel. And Odorous plays uh, Adam Green, who is... He plays himself, basically. He's a filmmaker trying to make it big in Hollywood and stuff. And Odorous plays his... Um, uh, mis- or not a mystery. Um, imaginary friend that lives in his closet. And so he's like trying to figure out like life. And out of nowhere, Odorous just comes in his room and he's like, Kill her! <laughs> you know, like, Here's what you should do. And it's pretty... Uh, I've never watched the show. I watched some clips of it. Uh, tribute to Odorous. Uh, after Dave Brocky passed away, mm-hmm. he lost his um his, his human shell. Shell. Thank yeah. you. Transcended um, to heaven, if you yeah. will. Yeah. 
Squire were also on code name Kids Next Door. Yeah. Did you yeah. see that? Wait, what? I, how did I miss that? They were uh, on the episode Food Fight, Operation Food Fight. Uh, I remember that. Okay. The okay. band was credited as ROG, and they used uh, Private Pain of Techno Destruction, Morality Squad, and Gorgor performed on the show, but changed the lyrics to fit the episode. And it is it's quite a thing. Um, you want to play a little bit of it? Just a little bit. Taste of it. I would love for you to try and explain what's going on visually in that clip. Uh, so a giant, uh, uh, like food-like creature yeah, pops like up a, from a the food ground. Food monster. Food monster is is attacking the codenamed kids next door. Uh, and that's uh, about right. A bunch of food is yelling, "Gore witch!" I believe is what it said. Yeah, something of that nature. Uh, Dave Brocky, aka uh, Odorous Arungus, also did an ad for Circuit City. Attention, games warrior. Circuit City, everybody. All right, everyone go there. Don't forget about it. <laughs> yes, uh, speaking of They're doing really head. well at this point in time. That's in because he wasn't there to save them. That's a good point. Go ahead. Speaking of Beavis and Butthead, uh, one of our patrons, uh, David, uh, wanted us to look into uh, their appearance on Beavis and Butthead. You should look that up. They actually had two songs on Beavis and Butthead. Uh, that was around the time that they were kind of getting uh, more of popularity. So they were yeah. not very popular at the time. Like, And then... They kind of gained some popularity uh, during the uh, early to mid '90s, yep. and then they kind of experimented more with their later albums. And most people did not like it. They even hated some of their albums. Guar said, "Like, don't." There's a I read a thing um, called I, th- I think the album was called "We Kill Everything" or something like that. And uh, on their message boards, if you brought up that album, you were immediately kicked off the message boards <laughs> because they did not want to talk about that album. It is super weird. It incorporated like country and jazz hmm. and they just tried way more things on that album and it did not work. I uh, am finding something that is even more interesting to me personally Okay, involved in this uh, Beavis and Butthead type thing. Yes. In the Beavis and Butthead uh, video game that came out on the uh, Sega Genesis, which I played it's yeah. a great Beavis and Butthead game. Great system, too. They go to a Guar concert. Oh, my gosh. In the video game. That's amazing. Nice. Apparently, that game was on uh, Super Nintendo as well. Yeah. The game was great. Let me let me just say it now. That game was uh, a true treat. I am now on an article. Guar's top five mainstream moments. Okay. All right. I assume number one is Beavis and Butthead. We're going to go five down. Are we okay, going to play the five. Beavis and Butthead thing? 
Yeah, fine. Did you oh, find? Oh yeah, did you find the other? Thing? And let him. Let him say. Oh, okay, never mind. Well, yeah. Did you, you find can do it? that first? Yeah. We can finish that thought. Whoa, Guar has horns now. Yeah, they taught the sex slaves to play horns. <laughs> it's like Balsack told him, throwing blood and urine in the audience isn't enough. You guys need to learn to play something. Yeah, yeah, really. <laughs> I heard that one time this kid had like a seizure at a choir concert, and that singer dude told everybody not to help him. <laughs> really? Yeah. <laughs> oh, <laughs> it's happening. <laughs> I'm not gonna help you. Otis Arungus would want it that way. That was great. <laughs> he just mimicked a seizure oh, on goodness. the show. Uh, I believe you can watch all of Beavis and Butthead now on the streaming network. I Thank you, Mike Judge. One. Yeah, Mike. I like Mike Judge very he's much a good myself. Guy. Yeah, he's yeah. a dude. He's a dude I enjoy. We're all dudes. He also performs. He does many voices in the shows, and he also has cameo roles in the movies. So check it out and see if you can let it. You know, figure out who he performs as and stuff. I like that song. It's a fun song. I like that they got horns in it. It's bring, kind of fun with the yeah. horns in it. What is it? Bring. Was that what? What was Sadama Gogo? Yeah, Sadama Gogo. Yep. The first song I ever heard from Guar was "Bring Back the Bomb." That was on like Fuse or something like yeah. that. But uh, I really don't like the songs very much personally. But I like the story of the band. Yeah, like the the they're way more interesting than what their music. Yeah, is. I the music's have to pretty awful. To that, but I wouldn't say it's awful. But it's not. It's not. It doesn't stand out as anything spectacular. Yeah, it's just kind of metal, metal. Yeah, medley metal. Uh, you want to read your thing? Oh yeah, so I'm here. I've got the. I've, this is at billboards.com. Do, Do it quickly. Guar's top five mainstream moments. Well, we're gonna run back from five. We'll see if anyone's familiar with any of these. Right? Yeah. All right. Five fan petitions the NFL to let Guar play the Super Bowl. I did. See I did that. see that. I really wish it would happen. Oh, uh, been awesome. That would have been. That would have been yep. so cool. Maybe Aquabats could have come. They could have had a repeat. <laughs> <laughs> Number four, Guar chats with Joan Rivers and Jerry Springer. You brought that we one up. That. So we've seen good. that one. It was very funny. She is like. They're both so charming with each other because she enjoyed. She's a comedian first, and then a weirdo second. And her back and forth with Odorous, like she appreciates his comedy, and it was just like a, a sweet little thing to yeah. watch. Well, what was, do you remember the, any of the specifics of the Jerry? No, I didn't see the Jerry uh, Springer. Okay, number oh boy, number three. Mm-hmm. Guar appears in Empire Records, so with that, right. we're two, we're two for three right now, gang. We've got we've number two, Beavis and Butthead love Guar. Yep. There we go. We're four. And number one, Odorous Ungress becomes intergalactic correspondent for Fox's Red Eye. Oh, my. I did not know that. <laughs> That's something Maybe, right there. I mean, if you want to play this clip, that'd be <laughs> badass. Okay, let's do that. Oh, my gosh. All right, so while he's looking for that, I'll mention uh, Zach Blair, uh, the, guitar, the current guitarist for the band Rise Against, played uh, Flatus Maximus. For Guar from uh, 1999 to 2002, and then he joined uh, Rise Against. Flatus Maximus is known for his flatulence. <laughs> of course, they actually did a, a remembrance oh of, of Odorous Arungus on Fox. Oh my! Oh gosh. my! That's amazing. Let's do. Let's do the first appearance to see how it goes. You yeah. know, initially. Please welcome Guar's delightful singer, Odorous Arungus. Hello, 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 America. 
How you doing out there? You look fantastic. I got to tell why you. Why did you have me on the show? I, mean, I haven't been on a show since, I believe, uh, Dinosaur, <laughs> 30 centuries you know, we've ago. All been, we followed your career so closely, and you never seem to age. Why is that? Well, I just, I'm perfect. I'm an immortal <laughs> god from outer space, and I also use oil of Olay. <laughs> really? Well, you know, I asked you that question. My mom, I told my mom you were on, and she was wondering if you were a space beast or an alien monster. It's hard to tell. I was My, my body was taken from many different planets all across the uh, universe and put together. My father was a supercomputer. My mother was a Petri dish. Really? So we just kind of rolled the dice and it came out perfection. He is he so is. funny. And like, you know he's, like, he's a comedian first and yes. then a musician. Yeah. This Fox man is the most smug, horrible person, by the way. I don't, yes. I don't know if you... And this is old, of course, yes. because this is prior to his passing. That's 14. But as of late, he's become such a smug moron. Mm -hmm. And uh, it, it, it joys me to see him laughing at what he's saying. Uh, while also knowing that he doesn't really even know why he wants to laugh, but he's laughing anyway. So yeah. suck at Fox News. Yeah. So the last thing that I found, which was uh, one of the more interesting, in uh, 2000 and something, uh, Funny or Die did a cartoon called um, The Animated Tales of Guar. And it was like nine minutes long, uh, directed by somebody named Mike Chillian. And it features a bunch of interesting voice characters, but it is a great it was i watched the whole thing earlier today it is a great cartoon it should have been like on adult swim i would have loved the crap out of it people in the comment section were like this could have been like metalocalypse basically um if you'll play uh just a little bit of it it would be uh, the end of the show <laughs> great i'll hang back and go through the guar merchandise and censor the entire catalog for the kids oh. <laughs> A kid's birthday party? Come on, Brad, you're my agent. This is the best you can do? I'm Weird Al Yankovic for crying out loud. Uh, what about Carnegie Hall? No? Uh, how about the Cleveland Chili Cook-Off? Uh-huh. Okay, fine, I'll do the party. But no juggling and no balloon animals. I am an artiste. A kid's birthday party? I'd give anything to trade places with him. Wait a minute. Yeah, and, and besides, I thought children were only for eating. Yeah, hang on, Brad. Uh, odorous Urungus? <laughs> no way! Oh, hey, man, I'm a big fan. Oh, hey, listen, um, <laughs> do you think maybe you could sign up? At that point in the show, uh, he kills Weird Al Yankovic, takes his face, and then goes to the kid's birthday party wearing Weird Wait Al Yankovic's face. Weird. 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 And he plays the accordion. So the whole thing is amazing. Like, that cartoon is amazing. Yeah, that's wonderful. Uh, it has uh, Joe John DiMaggio, who did the voice of Bender. In, <laughs> yeah, there he is. In Futurama. What, uh, Justin Roiland is in it as a little boy from nice. Rick and Morty. Yep. Uh, Weird Al, obviously. And then um, the characters of Guar all did a vo their voices. It's pretty cool. Yeah, that's pretty cool. So uh, that should have been a real show, and I'm very yeah, sad it didn't. That's a bummer. But, uh, yeah, so I don't know if anybody else has anything, but if not, we can go ahead and I don't think we vote. have time. I, yeah, I, don't, I think we are way over time. <laughs> yeah, fair. Well, we're I knew it was going to be a little bit. We're a little bit over time here. Uh, I will start. Oh, you will. I can. Unless you want to. No, you can start today. It's I like never you actually did. want I know. I know, I know. I I'm gonna pick Cold War Kids because they're a better band. I like their songs more. 
Guar is an amazing story. All right, I'll go. I'll go. I think I'm going to pick. I think this is hard, but I think I'm going to pick Guar. Okay. Because I just love them so darn much. Yeah. I like Cold War Kids. Okay. I love that first album. It's really good. And yep. I like their stuff. But I just really like War. Yeah. It's very fun. I'm a lot less torn here. It's a it's a real easy song, Guar. Okay. They're great. <laughs> they're, uh, they're All their stuff is great. Their story is great. Honestly, like the, I mean, ever since I saw them in concert, I, I have a much more of an affinity for them. But um, they, like, just getting, getting drenched. In, in in fake blood while yeah. listening to some metal, yeah, yeah, you, you, you can't beat it. Cold, Cold you, War kids, you're gonna have to step up your game. You know what it is about Gore too is that before you get to it, it's like weird because it's a thing that can only exist in the 80s into 90s. Yeah, because today you couldn't do, no, you couldn't start no, a band like that. But no, the fact no. that they were already doing it for like 15 years before things got cramped. Yeah, and the ways that you can do things means that they had uh, they got grandfathered into being able to be weird. But, PC culture, yeah. man. But it's just, uh, it, and they feel like it just makes me want to go back to when I was a kid and actually in, uh, enjoy them as a child, even though it wasn't for child people. But it still sounds like it would be a good time. I don't know how it took them so long to cover. If you want blood, we got it. I know. 2017, I think, it's was true. when it happened. We saw it live when they did it. Uh, but it, all those years that could have been singing that song. Yeah, it's the perfect song. And spring and spring people with it. Yeah, yeah. Oh well, Dax, I'm gonna go Guar. Oh, easy Guar. Oh, Oh. Uh, according to Patreon though, Cold War Kids swept it, swept it, hundred percent. Well, there's still three to two, so so. uh, Sorry, Patreon. We wish your vote meant more. Right. (laughs) Yeah, could have could have balanced. I mean, it means one whole vote. So that's yeah. pretty good. Yeah, it is. It could be at least you're not a fraction. We don't do that here. No fraction. Because we're sophisticated. Shares. It's the modern era, and we don't create policy of that nature. Yes. And if it was the case that we let them have all the voice, a full vote, mm. if you will, mm. then what would we be doing here? That's right. Well, they can't have an overarching vote. No. They don't get to, to decide. I mean, they just a, get to help they're occasionally. A part of it. Yeah. They're tiebreakers sometimes. Yeah. We're, we're a that, super pack, big. and they're they're the American people. Yeah, yes. that's good. The electoral college, if you will. <laughs> that's sure. right. If you'd like to have your vote on the show, go to patreon.com slash record roundtable. You could break ties sometimes. Sometimes it doesn't matter. You're, you, know, you get the idea. Come on. Your vote always matters. It just doesn't, Every always, vote it just matters. doesn't always count. All right. That was fun, I think. Uh, I'm glad you think so. Let's play another song and then say goodbye. Thank you for listening to this week's edition of Good Band, Bad Band. Let us know who you think is the good band. Follow us on our social media platforms and such. And I hope you had a fun time here. Next week, we're talking about Kate Bush. Kate Bush and Gavin Rosdale's grunge alternative rock band, Bush. Is that, you mean Gwen Stefani's ex-husband? Yes, him. Glycerine! Goodbye. Jesus. Figure your shit out. You idiot. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. I must have the last word.